0: Good morning. Buenos dias. Good to see everybody. Welcome to the Los Angeles International Church of Christ, the metro region. I want to welcome you all. Welcome friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, and anybody else tuning in with us today. Uh, it's great to have you with us. And I'm excited about today. Uh, the message today is Jesus and the mission. And uh, something that's it's very much been on my heart. It's a very much a Holy Spirit uh, week of just thinking and praying a lot about the mission. Um, before we jump on in, let's uh, go ahead and start out with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for uh, your love for us, that you care about us. Thank you for making us your mission, Father. Thank you for reaching out to us, sending people to us, helping us to know you. Thank you that we have the technology to no matter where we are, all over the world, all over Los Angeles, all over the metro region, we can listen to your word. We can listen to what uh, you have for each of us. God, please bless our study, bless our time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So, uh, Jesus and the mission, and I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, you know, we're about 10 weeks out from our big missions collection and, um, you know, we've been gearing up, getting ready. We've had some meetings discussing what we're going to do and, and, uh, this is exciting. And really this is kind of the heart of Christianity, the heart of the church, uh, what we're here for, why we're here, what we're all about. Um this is this is uh, certainly an incredibly important topic. Um you know the classic, classic, classic line un pantata autos esto onoma patros kai hagio neomatos." That's our standard scripture, right? That's the scripture that we all know. I think all of us know it by heart. Maybe we know it in English, right? Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This was the big send off. This was this was Jesus sending off He's got a couple more words after this, but basically giving the early church their mission. You know, I used to love that show when I was a kid, Mission Impossible, and you'd see the fire going across the screen and the dun, 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 dun. And it was always an exciting beginning and to see if they could accomplish their mission. I think this was an exciting moment in the history of the church when uh, Jesus was, he'd resurrected, they were excited again after a horrible weekend thinking that everything ended. Jesus comes back and then he spends time with them and he's teaching them all about the kingdom of God. And then he tells them this is the plan and he gives them their mission to go to all nations, pantata ethnos or all ethnicities, all people everywhere and make disciples of them. Teach them to follow Jesus. Disciple, the word mathetes comes from the same root as mathematics, to reason, to think through how to think like Jesus, how to think like God, how to be God's man, God's woman, and and to make disciples as actually in the language is as you go. Make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then you love, I love his promise. I will be with you always to the very end. And that's our mission. We know this. Those of us who've been in the church a long time, we've seen this rolled out in so many great ways. I went on a mission team 34 years ago to Mexico City, and we were the first church planning in Latin America, along with the planning actually in Buenos Aires. And since then, now there are churches all across Latin America. I believe there's about 30 churches in Mexico alone. And then there's churches all through Central America, South America. And we have churches all around the world as we've seen this, as we've seen this played out. The longer you've been around, the more you've seen all this carried out because of our mission, right? In uh, Acts chapter 1, he gives even more instruction. He says, You know, he basically gives them not only the mission, but the mission steps. You know, the, the, the plan for what their vision is, what the goal is to achieve, that they would go from Jerusalem to Samaria to Judea to the ends of the earth to even Los Angeles, California, 2000 years later. This was the plan. And the plan's not done. We're still preaching the gospel. There's still many people all over the world that don't know Jesus and don't know the gospel, don't know the good news. This is our mission. Now, here's really what I want to talk about is why. Why do we have this mission? I mean, really, why, why is it so important that the church cover the whole world? Why is it so important that people go And preach Jesus. Why is it so important that the church advance? I mean, we've done this for years. If you've been around 20 years and for 20 years, we've been taking up missions collections, sending people out here in Los Angeles. We've seen many people get sent out all over the world and many people come here as their mission here in Los Angeles. And we've, so we've seen this movement. We've seen lots of money go out over the years. So many of us have sacrificed so much I mean, there were people, I remember in the early days, there were people that literally sold their homes and gave their money to the elders so that mission teams could be sent. There are people that sold their practices, doctors and dentists and nurses that sold their practices and moved off to other countries. There are some doctors and nurses that are here in Los Angeles, they were somewhere else. I mean, you'd be amazed, you ask the members, how many of you come from somewhere else? Most of them do, that came, that moved here to build a great church in Los Angeles? Why? Why all this sacrificing? Why selling everything? Why giving up so much? Why doing so much to spread the church? Well, the most obvious answer is because of sin, because of the destruction of sin. And what sin does, the, the, the hatred in the world, the greed in our world, racism in our world, crime, jealousy, witchcraft, pornography, drugs, prejudice, selfishness, pride, bitterness, ingratitude, lust, lies, deceit, laziness, materialism, hatred, division, judgmentalism, self-righteousness, legalism, and godlessness. We see it everywhere. We see it all over our world. We see it affecting our families. We see it affecting our nation. We see it affecting the world. We see it affecting the planet and we see how much damage is being done because of sin. That's why, that's why we need to get out there. That's why the church needs to advance. That's why we need to have more disciples of Jesus because sin is all over and it's like a cancer destroying everything, ruining everything in our world. And especially the fruit of it. We see a world of suffering wars, refugees, terrorism, hunger, addiction, suicide, abortion, corruption, loneliness, child abuse, sexual abuse, abuse of women. One in every three women on this planet will suffer some kind of abuse. Human trafficking, bigger than ever before. Yeah, we're talking slavery, bigger than ever in the history of the world. Pollution, greed, toxic water, malnutrition, medical scarcity, education loss, Extreme poverty, animal abuse, environmental rape. I mean, all of it, all the fruit of those sins and how they're damaging our world, this beautiful planet we've been giving. Because we live in a nation of suffering, addiction and suicide, abortion, corruption, poverty, racism, greed, crime, sexual abuse, broken families, stress, anxiety, these things are affecting our whole world. These things are affecting our country. These things are affecting our families. And it's not the life that any of us chose. I mean, nobody wants this in their life. Nobody chooses to have these things in their family or in their, to ruin their relationships or their family. Every weekend, people spend tons of money on weddings, literally tens of thousands of dollars, only to file for divorce five years later. Or ten years later, the, the 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 divorce rate is just rampant, and even among those that don't get divorced, where families are at and the quality of relationships, the, the 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 families that are being destroyed because of sin. It's not what anybody wanted. No, and contrast that to what God had planned for us, plans to give us hope, and a future, plans to prosper us. That's His plan. God's will is that we have a great life, that we be blessed, that we have those things. You know, everybody, if you, if you really think about it, you know, the things we do, we work hard. Why? To earn money. Why? To buy the things, to have a good life. Why? Because we want to have a good life. We want to feel secure. Why? Because we want to be happy. Because we want to be able to take care of the people we love and have the things that we need and want so that we can be happy, right? Right? It's exactly what God wants to give us, the life that fulfills us, life to the fullest. But there's a huge problem out there. It's sin and the fruit of sin that destroys so many families. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was telling him, what you got to understand is that no matter how much you want to have a great life and a great family, it's out of your reach. You can't grab it, you can't have it because of your own sin. And the only way out of that is Jesus. The only way to overcome all this garbage is Jesus. People are desperate. You know, I saw this stat and I just, I, I, I wasn't gonna give a lot of stats, but this one hit me so much. More students die from suicide than all other medical illnesses combined. Students, the people with the most promising futures, the most likely to believe in something greater in the future, who in a sense should be the happiest people committing suicide, despairing even of life. That's how messed up our world is. That's how ridiculous sin is out of control and the fruit of it. Why are people marching? Why are people upset? Why is our world in so much much turmoil? Because of all this junk we're talking about. Because of all the greed. Because of all the hatred. Because of the racism. Because of the selfishness. Because of the pride. Why is our food so messed up? Because of greed? People trying to make more and more money? Why is our planet so so destroyed? Because of people trying to make more money? Raping the planet? Using up all the resources? Why do we have all this? Why is there crime? I can just go on and on and on. You understand the point. Our world is not messed up because that's just the way it is. Our world is all messed up because of sin, the very thing that Jesus came to deal with, the solutions that he came to give us. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace, shalom. We all know what shalom is now. You can have shalom. Shalom, that's why we go to college get a better job, make more money, pay for things, have nice things, be secure, be fed, have the medicine we need, have everything we need, have peace, shalom. But you're not going to get it from a job. You're not going to get it from money. You're not going to get it from a title. You're not going to get it because you really hope to have it. You're not going to get it because you work hard. We only get it. From Jesus. And whether the world knows it or not, it's what the world needs. Doesn't need more politics. Doesn't need more politicians. Doesn't need new theories or new religions. Doesn't need even new churches. Needs Jesus. The world needs God. The world needs the gospel. We need to be set free. Of our sin, we need a clear path that guides us along, and that's what Jesus brought. That's what Jesus offers us. It's why He came. We need to be rescued. It's why He died on a cross for us so we could have this, this gift. It's what He came for. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. It's Him. What's the world need? Jesus. What do you and I need? Jesus. Why are we going to give a bunch of money to send out missionaries? Because everybody needs Jesus. He is the answer. He's the way, the way we should live our lives. He's the truth. No fake world, no fake all truth. He's the life. The life that everybody really deep down wants. He's the life. So we. But here's the problem. There's a spiritual battle going on out there. And it's a fall, full out war. It's a fight to the death. In Ephesians, Paul wrote the church, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a spiritual battle, right? It's not a physical battle. That makes it hard for us to see. That makes it easy for us to not even be aware, to not even know we're in a war. You're know, in a war, you're either fighting or you're captured. And a lot of people are captured and need to be set free. I think even as Christians, sometimes we forget it's a battle. It's a war going on all around us. We're in a struggle between light and darkness, between good and evil. And it's raging all around us. it's raging where there's wars. It's raging where there's battles. It's raging where there's poverty. It's raging where there's drugs. It's raging in homes where husbands and wives are fighting, where kids and parents are fighting. It's raging all around us. The question is, do you see it? Do you see it? Are you aware? Are you in the battle? There's an advancing spiritual desert out there. Like, a, like dunes just rolling over the green. The world is becoming less and less Christian. More and more ignorant of God, ignorant of the Bible, ignorant of Jesus. The impact on churches is devastating. This is one stat in lots of stats of how many people are attending church. It's just going down, 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 down. Which means how many kids are learning about Jesus? How many people are hearing the great stories of Abraham, of Moses, of David, of Jesus. How many people are hearing the parables or the truth being taught? How few, when else are they gonna hear it if they don't go to church? It's not on TV. It's not at school. fact is they're not hearing it at all. And each generation is hearing less and less and less, knowing God less and less, and less, and there's talk of this rise in spirituality, but it's a spirituality that has nothing to do with God, and nothing to do with Jesus. It's actually becoming more and more a spiritual desert. And I've shared this stat before: in America, every Sunday, seven hundred churches close their doors. Every Sunday, less and less. So you're not now. You not, it's not even not only being not taught in schools and. Anywhere else, but there's not even churches. All over the world, church buildings are being turned into everything from libraries to nightclubs to mosques. And Jesus is no longer being preached. Time was you'd sit in those walls, in those halls, and you'd hear the gospel. Not anymore. There's silence in them. Paul wrote the church in Rome, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. See, even back then when the church was starting... Paul was already identifying the challenge. Is how are people going to turn to God if they don 't know who He is? How are people going to pray in the name of Jesus if they've never heard of the name of Jesus? We talk about the second coming of Jesus when most of the world hasn't heard about the first coming of Jesus. And meanwhile, God is so urgent. God is so concerned. Because imagine being God for a second and he hears all those prayers out there, the prayers of the suffering, all that stuff I read earlier, of those in human trafficking, of those enslaved to drugs, of those heartbroken because of broken relationships and broken families, of those being abused, Emotionally, sexually, physically, in whatever way. Of all those who know they're lost. Of all those losing those they love and care about because they don't have the money to buy the medicine or they don't have the the resources to send their kids to school. And they're locked in poverty. And they cry out to God and he hears it. And what does he hope? That somebody will go to them and share. That somebody will preach the gospel and set them free and give them the knowledge of God so that they can rise above. And even if, even if they don't have all the resources of this world and the world has to offer, they can still find peace. They can still be strengthened. Their families can be blessed because the things that really matter don't take money. Love. Doesn't cost anything. Peace. Joy. The things of God. The things that really give life in life to the full. But how can they know if no one is sent to them? This You know it's on God's heart because every day, every night, he hears their prayers. Every day, every night. I remember going to some of the worst communities around the world in Africa, Asia, Latin America, the Middle East, refugee camps in Europe, barrios, slums, and ghettos in the United States. Townships in Africa. And I go and I visit, and I'm so impacted by the people I would meet. And I just couldn't get them out of my mind. But see, I go home, and they're still there right now. God is there, though. God does not leave them. But you know what God wants? Somebody to go. Somebody to go or somebody to send somebody. And that's on all of us who know God. You either go or you send somebody. And that's what the missions collection is. The money to send somebody. And some of us need to go and preach the gospel. Some of us need to be willing this is our family. This was a picture at the San Antonio conference. Who does God want to send? The disciples of Jesus. Because they know what to share. And sometimes we think, well, I don't know my Bible that well. You know the Bible, more than 99% of the people on this planet. Maybe you do not Not an expert. Maybe you're not a theologian. But you know who Jesus is. And you know what the gospel is. And you know how to help somebody become a Christian and walk with God, then you got the most important message in the world. The most important message. And those of us who live in wealthy countries, like all of us listening, we have the resources to send people. Those that, if we can't go, those that are willing to go. Those that wanna go, but don't have the resources. God wants to send us or God wants us to send somebody. Our little fellowship, our family, the International Churches of Christ. We are over 700 churches around the world, over 105,000 disciples and over 150 nations, 33 regional families. That's how we organize ourselves in regional families. We are the Southwest churches there's over 14 international mission societies and what we've done is we've we've organized ourselves so that those that want to help one area we work together for example the philippines which is a large church over 5000 members i believe it's over 6000 members and so san diego helps them los angeles helps them phoenix helps them and so we create a mission society we pull the money together and we work with them to make sure they're taken care of. That's what the mission societies are. A hundred new churches planted in the last five years. Somebody asked me the other day, oh, I heard you guys aren't growing anymore. We are growing. (laughs) Trust me, we're still growing. And a hundred new churches need to be taken care of. That's just in the last five years. We're not growing as much as we did earlier. And there's a lot of changes that have happened, but we're growing, believe me. And where the rest of the world, most churches are shrinking, we're not shrinking. We're still advancing the kingdom of God. We've grown five years in a row, and we're on track this year to grow. Over $8 million has been given to international missions just in the last year. So we're growing, we're sacrificing, we're sending people, people are going, and we have to take care of the churches that we planted already, which there are, as I said, 700 of them all around the world. On October 18th, we'll take up our missions, our missions collection. And whether you, you know, you give to CCB or Tithely, there's a title, Special Missions. And if you want to start putting the money in now, go for it. If you want to give it today, go for it. But the official Day is the 18th of October. And some of us will would rather just go ahead and give it now. Go for it. And this is a free will offering. There's not a set goal. There's not a set amount. This is what we're just saying, what's, what God puts on your heart and pray about it. Pray about it. I believe that, you know, it, it was, it's a funny thing, you know, as an evangelist, every year, and I've been doing this now in the ministry 34 years, every time the mission season comes around, and it's easy sometimes to be kind of cynical, like, okay, here we go again. We're gonna hear, we gotta give, we gotta do this, gotta do that. And I'll tell you why we're doing this now. We're 10 weeks out from our from October 18th. Why are we doing this now? It's not because we gotta build up the hype and get everybody on board or buy in or whatever term. It's because we have to have our hearts right about this. It's very important. You saw in just a few minutes how critical it was, how critical it is to our world, how critical it is in God's plans that we keep sending people out to preach, that we keep advancing the kingdom of God. You see that. And and see, I have to see that because that gets my heart in it. I have to know why I'm doing this. I'm not one of those people that'll just tell me what to do and I'll write the check and give it and we just do it every year. I'm not a traditionist. I left traditional religion. I left rote religion. I left routines. I'm in it because I believe in it. But I know I got to get my heart right every year and put it on my mind and see with my eyes what's the need. And now we've seen it and we've talked about it. And we'll be talking more about it in the coming weeks. But that's what this is about, is really getting our hearts ready for God to do some miracles so that the kingdom of God keeps moving. You know, I realized this a long time ago that if people don't have faith, they won't give much. If people don't have much love, they won't give much. If they don't have much spirituality, they won't see the need and they won't give much. And therefore, not much can happen. And at first that would bother me, but then I realized, you know what? That's actually a good thing. Because the church that with no faith, no love, and no devotion shouldn't grow. It shouldn't advance. In fact, truth is, it should repent. And if it doesn't repent, it should disappear. Because the church that God wants to grow is the church that's full of love, full of faith and devoted to him. And so in a sense, we're a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we're full of love and we're full of faith and we're full of devotion, then we'll be generous and great things will happen. And if we don't have those qualities, not much is gonna happen. Now I know this group already and I know great things are gonna happen. And I know it's gonna be a great victory on October 18th when we celebrate what the Lord has done. You say, well, how, how do we have any idea of what we're doing? Well, you decide, you pray about what you're going to give. I'll tell you where it's going. And this is what I wanted to share of the specifics. The Philippines, 30% of our collection is going to go to that. Why the Philippines? Because it is a huge family. We have strong connections. We've been supporting them for years. We are picking up the Caribbean. Why the Caribbean? Well, there was a, one of the, one of the, one of the easiest connections is when there is a natural connection. We have a lot of Asians. We have a lot of Filipinos in the, in, in Los Angeles and there's a natural connection. Uh, we have a lot of, black brothers and sisters and we've not served, we've not helped or supported any of the black churches so we're going to change that and we're going to help in the caribbean and there are many black churches in the caribbean that we've never helped them others have helped but now we want to jump in and help and i think that's great not to mention we'll probably have to go and help out the brothers and sisters there so we'll see you in jamaica soon tijuana Natural connection. One of the, this is the second largest Hispanic population in the world. Los Angeles. The only city with more Mexicans than Los Angeles is Mexico City itself. It has more Mexicans than anybody in any city in Mexico or the United States or anywhere. And the United States is the second largest Spanish speaking country in the world. So lots of natural ties there. Lebanon. Why Lebanon? Well, many of you heard that there was a disaster this week, and right now they are literally still digging out of the rubble. And that is very important. We actually decided to support Lebanon or the Middle East a couple of weeks ago. But now even so much more as the need is obvious and the need is urgent there. And mostly because very few were supporting them and the need is great there. And then the Southwest, why? Well, because that's where we live. And we need to keep planting churches. We have cities where we have not planted churches that we need to still plant churches. And we need to help the churches we've planted like Bakersfield and Temecula and Antelope Valley and, and San Luis Obispo, which we have done and we will continue to do. If we were to give 10 times, this is what it would look like. We'd give about 45,000 the Philippines and the Caribbean. Whoops, sorry about that. I lost it there. Um, About 45,000 the Caribbean, about 30,000 Tijuana, 22 to Lebanon and about 8,000 to Southwest. If we were to give, and I'm just, so we know the idea of, uh, an idea of where we're going here. If we gave 10 times, like if your missions was 10 times your regular Sunday, this is about what it would be. If your missions was five times a regular Sunday, this is what it would be. About 22 to the Philippine Islands, the Caribbean Islands, 22, Tijuana, 15, Lebanon, 11, And the Southwest, about three, just under 4,000. Now there's another part of that mission that still we're still working on. That's our own region, right? After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves, this is actually uh, uh, most of our houses. The goal really is to have this many Bible talks. If we had a hundred Bible talks in Los Angeles in the metro region, we could evangelize our entire region. We'd have a we'd have a, we'd have a Bible talk almost within walking distance, and that's also part of our mission field. And that really more comes out of our weekly contribution not the special. What is special about the special is that it's for other countries to evangelize the world. It's us doing our part to see the whole world evangelized. What comes out of our weekly contribution is building up staff and training young men and women, which we haven't done in a while, but we're gonna be doing it to preach to our different cities. We have many cities in our region and we'll be talking more about that in the future. So here's our mission Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus and his mission for all of us. So that's mission number one. Next time I preach, I'm gonna talk about mission number two. Mission number two, yeah, there's another mission out there that we'd hardly ever talk about. It's just as important as this mission. But this is our most urgent mission, and this is the mission we're focusing on right now. The next one I'll talk about next time I talk. So God bless you, Jesus in the mission. Let's go out and do great things for the Lord. Let's be the people of faith, of love, and great seal for our God. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. I hope this has been educational and inspiring for you. If you'd like to know more, please join us by going to study.laicc.net and we'll be happy to contact you and help you in any way we can.